This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. I've entitled this podcast, The Lost Art of Conversation. Walking from my house to the business area of Fairhaven, the small historic district of Bellingham, Washington, where we live, takes 15 minutes at the most. Yesterday, we set off and didn't return for an hour and a half. What happened to extend our walk? conversation. We saw people we knew and stopped to talk. It is a rarity, I know. Something has happened to the art of conversation, and it isn't good. I had a friend who either bought or invented this little machine called a versograph. It recorded how often and how long a person speaks. The invention grew out of meetings he had with an old man's group. They would gather every week for a noon luncheon and conversation. He noticed that certain members dominated the airspace. He thought everyone should have a chance to speak. He started to record the length of time each member spoke and then announced it at their next meeting, hoping that the miscreants would refrain from hogging the floor. It didn't work. Obnoxious people remained obnoxious. He dropped out of the group. They didn't like his machine. At least the aggressive talkers didn't. They had no time for listening. Conversation depends on sharing some experiences that two or more people can discuss. This is a problem for retired people. For much of our life, We have conversations with fellow students or factory workers. We attend the same school. We have classes together. We're on the same team. The work world offers us the same bosses, projects, machines, and vacations. We're buying houses and having children. We have things in common, and we have a launching pad for conversation. Retirement presents a different problem. We don't see the same people every day. We don't have common goals. We tend to become isolados in our own house. We vacation with our family or at some distant resort. Blood starts to become even more important as we look to our children for continued commonality. We call our kids. We video conference our grandchildren. We buy plane tickets to visit them. We plan holidays around them. Our conversational world shrinks. Thus the significance about stretching a 15-minute walk into an hour-and-a-half tour. We do have things in common with our neighbors. We can talk about community projects that we're now working on. We can talk about community projects we have worked on in the past. We can inquire into their vacation trips. One neighbor has converted a shuttle bus into a classic psychedelic party lounge. He takes it to Burning Man Festival every year. We spend a half hour hearing about this extravagance in the Black Rock Lake Bed in Nevada. He tells us we would probably really enjoy it. Sounds like many retirees and boomers already enjoy this event. Sort of a trip into the past in more ways than one. Then there's the coal train threat that has just been announced for our beautiful seacoast community. 
A large deep-water port is to be built just north of town. More than thirty coal trains, each over a mile long, will be rolling through our town each day. That's the plan. Twenty-five million metric tons of coal per year have been sold to Asian rim countries. The coal will be dug in the Powell River country of Wyoming and Montana and transported by train through our little spot of paradise. What to do? The conversation rolls on. The train tracks run right along the water, will be cut off, and then there is the environmental damage that comes from burning coal. No matter where it is burned, the carbon dioxide affects us all. Unfortunately, our position is weak compared to the wishes of corporate America, the Interstate Commerce Act, and the Supreme Court. But of late, we see the light of hope. The demand for coal in Asia has shrunk, and the demand for our deep-water port seems to be shrinking right along with it. We stopped to talk to neighbors about this one. No one's happy. No one believed that we had much of a chance to stop this intrusion. No one wanted to accept it without a fight. We have a topic of conversation that might last several years. We have something in common that will keep the conversation rolling. Back to the decline in conversational skills. Technology has to be one of the reasons. We sit inside our houses and watch our favorite TV shows. With hundreds of channels and offerings, we neighbors don't even watch the same shows. We can't even talk about TV shows we both watch. Of course, the computer adds its massive presence to the fracturing. Friends can be found on the web. People are linked across continents. We can become acquainted digitally with fuchsia growers, classical guitar players, or World of Warcraft gamers. We sit quietly and let our ability to converse disappear. The effect of this silence in front of a screen becomes apparent when one tries to engage these people in conversation. They want to talk a lot. They're like a machine run wild. Their on switch has finally been activated. The lack of carrying on two-way communication is obvious. They want to talk, but they don't want to listen. They've done enough of that. They have no questions and no expressed interest in sharing thoughts. When the talk is all one way, it ceases to be conversation. It's more of a lecture. It is this one-way street dialogue that discourages honest conversation. Makes me just want to move on. This is Retirement Talk with something to consider. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, contact Dell at retirementtalk.org.